And hello again. Welcome back once again to the Sooner Than Someday podcast with uh, Jeremiah Miller and... I'm Karis Miller. And yes, this is episode two, and we had a lot of fun with the first one. Um, we hope you enjoyed it. So yep. we're doing it again. We're whether, back for more. Whether you like it or not. Whether you like it or not. <laughs> so here we are. That's great. Yeah. So um, what is in store for us today? What's in store for us? Well, I thought we'd start off kind of with our usual segment of what is God teaching us recently? Mm. Yes. Uh, today is Sunday, and so we went to church this morning, and I'm sure we learned a lot from that sermon. Yeah. If yeah. we want to maybe talk sure. about what our takeaways were from that sermon. and Yeah. So we were in James 4, kind of going towards the end I of it. I have my Bible Oh, look at you, overachiever. Look at me, overachiever. <laughs> Classic Karis. And I think it started with verse 11 and went to the end of the chapter, okay. if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, so it was James 4, and we started in verse 11 and went through the chapter 4. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so uh, I don't know, you care if I start or? Go for yeah, it. Yeah, so uh, one of the, the big points he hit on was it, it was kind of a sermon um on self-centeredness and how it's not um, in God's design for us to be that way. Um, and the big thing that I took away was the part he took, he talked about on uh, how um, a form of self-centeredness is control and trying to control your own life and, and not trusting God with it. And that stuck with me because I have a lot of things that I like to try and do. Um, and I can't, I may have hit on this in the last episode too. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'll have to. I haven't edited it yet, so it's not fresh on my mind. That's fine. <laughs> but, um, I like to, uh, you know, I, I like to pursue music and all of the different areas that branch off from there in, within, mm-hmm. and oh, reading and uh, you have lots of hobbies. And yeah, I want to like lots of things you want to yeah. do. Yeah, we'll leave yeah. it at that. Uh, and I'm like. You know, just trying to force them all to happen and kind of, it just doesn't all work. And, um, but I think the main thing that got across to me was, uh, it sounds so cliche when I say it back, but I mean, it's really resonating with me is just trusting God and mean, and not only just sitting back and trusting Him, or not necessarily just that as much as actually realigning my priorities to be all in lifestyle centered around what he wants me to be mm-hmm. doing, not just abstaining from um, sense of commission, but uh, making sure that I'm doing what he said to do, what God tells me to do and not making sense of omission. That was another mm-hmm. thing that they talked about. Oh yeah. So, um, yeah. 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 Can I read the Bible verse that yeah. specifically talks about? Mm-hmm. Uh, so the, the note he put to this verse was self-centeredness leads to controlling of the future rather than trusting God. And the verses are uh, James four thirteen through, um, let's say, 15. Yeah, 13 through 15. And it says this. Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go into such and such a town and spend... A year that sorry, I can't read. <laughs> and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? 
For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. And I thought that was really cool. Just like, we don't know what God has planned for us Mm -hmm. and we shouldn't be planning our future. Like, it's okay to have goals and things we want to achieve in the future, but we shouldn't be putting plans for that because... Most of the time, we just kind of get disappointed because those plans actually don't work out because it's not according to God's will. Right, yeah. So there was nothing wrong with the plans in and of themselves as long as you had the open-handed mindset of God is the one in control of my life. Yeah, kind of more of a heart posture, which I know we don't like to say as much. (laughs) God knows our heart. Right. But (laughs) But it is a heart posture of like knowing this may or may not happen. It's fine to have goals and want to achieve this, but... If it is according to God's will, yeah. then it'll happen. Yeah. And kind of a uh, little side note on what she said about, you know, God knows our heart. Like a lot of people mm-hmm. use, that, use that as an excuse <laughs> to not do things, but mm-hmm. your heart your, is reflected by your actions. Mm-hmm. And so having that heart posture of trusting God and keeping everything in his hands, you're a lot less disappointed when things go, don't go the way you thought they would because you're like, well, it's in God's hands anyways, and he knows what's best for us and yeah. what's best for me. So, yeah, that was a good takeaway for today. Yeah, that was, I mean, it was a really great sermon and always hits hard and you come back really reflecting your life and yeah, mm-hmm. how you can better glorify God in your life. Yeah, mm-hmm. you come out of church wanting to make some changes. Yeah. Which, that's what I got out of today. Yeah, that's what I got out of today, okay. too. Okay. Well, I mean, there's a lot of... Here, I'll just read what... Actually, I only got two of the points. So Maybe the, I can remember the other the one. The controlling of future rather than trusting God was the second point. The first one was self-centeredness leads to criticism of others. Mm-hmm. So don't gossip. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it was a back on the reflection of your heart kind of thing. How you talk about other people reflects the faith in Jesus you have. Because if you're loving God and loving others as as the whole law right upon those two commandments, that's going to overflow into your actions and Mm -hmm. it is paramount to your witness, Mm -hmm. I remember is what he was saying. Mm -hmm. So if you're you're claiming to be a Christian, but you're constantly going out and um, complaining about other people, bashing other people, um, that is a, um, A, it's wrong, and B, it hurts your witness. If you're trying to evangelize to those people after that, but they've been watching you, um, what, what point do they see? You're like, I don't want to be like him. Right. He doesn't really practice what he preaches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember what the last point was. Something about... I think it was the sin. So of, the verse was, so whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it for him, it is sin. Yeah. Yeah, so it was the sins of omission. Oh, self-centeredness, yeah. Right, so <laughs> the things that you're like, oh, God's, God's nudging me or telling me to go in this direction, but I don't do it. Um. If I know that that's, that God wanted me to do that and I don't do it, that is that's in and self sin. And there's a lot of things like that. I think just in American culture. Yeah. An uh, example of it in the Bible is Jonah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, Jonah not wanting to go to Nineveh because it's a scary place, but God's like, you got to mm-hmm. go anyways. And guess what? He goes. Yeah. Even no matter how hard he tries, he <laughs> had to get swallowed by a big old fish <laughs> to get there. Would have been a lot simpler the first time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if he had just obeyed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and then uh, I think the kind of encapsulating point of the sermon was um, the satisfaction of fulfillment 
because you're within God's will. Not that there's mm-hmm. a lack of disappointment or a lack of trials, but that you know that um, you did what God told you to do. And that, that in and of itself is the most fulfilling thing that you could be doing mm-hmm. um, on a individual basis, on a daily basis, on a grand scale of your life basis. Just being in God's will is, mm-hmm. is the purpose of our lives. Yeah. And that's where we find the most satisfaction is doing what we were created to do. Yeah. Yeah. Amen to that. Yeah. Being the right tool for the right job. Yeah. So overall, it was a really great sermon and yeah, a lot to take away from that. Yeah. So we're going to kind of move in a different direction here, a less serious topic. Okay. We did something yesterday and it was very Christmassy holiday funness. Mm -hmm. Is funness a word? It is now. It is now. Yeah, so... <laughs> trademark. It's a Sunday podcast. It's trademarked now. <laughs> we went to go cut down a Christmas tree in the wilderness. Yes, the wild wilderness. Wild, wild wilderness. About two hours away. Or not even, hour away from Denver. An here. hour away from Denver. Two hours if you count the hiking. Yeah, sure. After we parked. We didn't hike that long. We didn't, no. It's <laughs> so... Anywho... So I thought we could do all things Christmas related, Christmas trees. I have some fun facts that we can, that I can later share. Yeah. So how was our experience? What did you think of getting a Christmas tree? It was fun. And I do enjoy that you've brought this tradition from your family kind of into our new family because um, like going out and, you know, knocking one down, you know, as, as different of an experience as it is from your family tradition, mm-hmm. as I'm sure we'll cover. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's fun to go up and actually grab it from the wilderness and bring it back. It's fulfilling. It is fulfilling. Like I chopped that. Well, I didn't personally. Jeremiah did, but he chopped that down. She picked it out. Actually, you did. You found this one. You approved it. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, we went up into the mountains about an hour or so away and Mm -hmm. it was freshly snowy. It had just snowed like... That morning, night before. Beautiful not, drive. Not too much, but like enough to cover the roads and all the trees. And so it was just like mm. a winter wonderland. And it was so pretty. Yeah. Like, just, just enough snow on the trees where they're all white, but they just have mm-hmm. a little bit of green poking through. And yeah. then the mountains are just covered in those frosted trees. And it was gorgeous. Yeah. Although it was extremely cold. It was very cold. But we were bundled up in in the car. It was fine, and then I feel like once we were out hiking and stuff in our yeah, gear, it wasn't like too bad. It's just like your nose would get cold, maybe yeah. your cheeks, and that was about it. Yeah, there are a lot of people though. Yeah, so that's probably where it really differs from your childhood yeah. experiences. Yeah, so I'll talk about that a little bit. Um, I grew up in Montana, and we would cut down a Christmas tree every year since I can remember of us living there and uh, so we'd go up into the mountains and it would be peaceful quiet like three feet of snow that we were hiking through just to find like the perfect christmas tree and it was always fun and it was cold but you know you get the adventure you get the stories the memories all that but there were no people around so it was very quiet and like it's just you and nature which I guess could be a hazard if you get stuck in the mountains and need help. But it was just really relaxing to go up into the mountains and cut down a Christmas tree. Here in Colorado, you don't get any 
peace and quiet and privacy <laughs> no, anywhere like, you go. There's like other people like doing their own family tradition of bringing yeah. their whole 20 person family up. And it's like loud. Yeah, it, it was, it was loud. loud. And there's probably a hundred people just in the spot that we were trying to look for a Christmas tree. Yeah. And there's this one family that was like hiking, trying to find a Christmas tree, like right around us. Well, and they were all like, spread out like over a hundred yards calling back and forth yeah, to each other. Yelling like <laughs> at the top of their lungs. So I'm sure they were having fun doing I'm their sure family thing. And it was so, just not peaceful for us. Yeah, yeah. We have we have to adjust our expectations yes. a little bit yes. <laughs> how yeah. that's gonna go in the future. Yeah, I just have to change my mindset of being <laughs> we're not in Montana, we're in crazy Colorado. Colorful crowded Colorado. <laughs> Colorful crowded Colorado. I like that. That's great. But overall, it was really fun. We found a pretty good Christmas tree. Like, yeah. it's um, mm-hmm. fairly it's, full. Yeah, it has some except big, for the backside. Yeah, well, but like it goes you, in a corner. When you find the one, like you know, you look up the hill and you're like, "That's the one." And you go up to it and you realize there's three trunks all standing yeah. together, and you pull one of them away, and like, it's literally half a tree. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we just put that half in the corner of the room. Yeah, and it actually mm-hmm. saves a little bit of space. Yeah. Uh-huh. So it works out really good, and we got it all decorated yesterday. So now our house is Christmasified. Yes, completely Christmasified. Completely Christmasified. Because you had put up direct directions, decorations. Decorations. <laughs> <laughs> You'd put up decorations, what, the week before? Yeah. Got out all the special pillows and the garland and yep. that stuff. All the good stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, it was really fun getting a Christmas tree, and I'm glad... We did not find any praying mantis eggs. Yeah. My brother shared a fun fact with us yeah. before that I had never heard of. Like, it, it's Me not neither. preposterous. It's not a crazy idea uh-uh. that, like, bugs lay their eggs in trees. But and apparently like, it's kind of a common thing that people... Not common, but, like, enough people have found them in their trees and then praying mantises are just everywhere in the yeah, house. Yeah. People have, like, these infestations of yeah. these, like, little green dragon bugs. Yeah. And... So... Praying mantises like to lay their eggs in the wintertime, in the cold. And they look like pine cones in a sense, but like covered in like chocolate or peanut butter. So like Mm -hmm. it's the shape of a pine cone, but like completely like covered. Uh And they lay them in the evergreen trees. But praying mantis eggs don't hatch until the spring when it starts to get warm and cozy. Mm -hmm. And they're like, yes, let's experience the sun. Well, when you cut down a Christmas tree and put it inside your 70-degree house, guess what happens? They think it's summer or they spring. They think it's spring, and yeah. they hatch inside the house. Yeah, that just sounds like a grand old time. Oh, gosh. I can't imagine having, like, thousands of little bugs just climbing all in your tree, <laughs> like, in your house. Like, how do you even deal with that? Avoid it. Avoid Like it. the plague to, to begin <laughs> with. <laughs> Burn the house down after. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I. So the morning before, or the morning of, before we go out to get our Christmas tree, I'm on Instagram, social media, all these things. And all these videos are coming up of people getting Christmas trees and finding, finding praying mantis eggs or ticks or spiders and all these things. I'm like, do we really want to get a prank? <laughs> Which a is funny because you've done this for years. I know. And we never had an issue with bugs in our tree. Yeah. And we, we don't right now. Like I was so very far, so good. sure. Sure. I was very sure to look very hard. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Well, yeah. and, and we ha- we've had the tree for a day. Yeah. And well, so far nothing has hatched, and it's been warm in here. So. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was that was pretty crazy to see that, and I'm just glad we don't have that. Um, what is your family tradition? Yeah, we always did a real tree, but we would always do a tree farm. We would mm. just, you know, there was one specific one down the road, or I think we, we have some family who do a tree farm as well, but they live further away. So it was harder to get to them on a yearly basis. Um, but we would just, you know, go and look for a tree and there was always this constant battle between my mom and dad on <laughs> what style of tree to get because my dad and the rest of the family all liked a really full tree, you know, that like most people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and my mom was the opposite. She, we always made fun of her for wanting a Charlie Brown tree, mm-hmm. <laughs> but in her defense, I mean, you can, you can, you can definitely go overboard on the, on the non-full tree, but like with more space, like there's more areas more to actually hang ornaments. and see the ornaments and yeah, all that stuff. Sure. But, um, but yeah, that, that was our experience with it. And it was always fun. So we would bring the tree back and we'd order pizza and we'd watch white Christmas while we set yeah. it all up, which we, we did again this year. We, and we still do it. Um, Although, yeah, we set up a fake tree for my mom this year. Yeah. And, uh, but it was still a good time. It's always good watching White Christmas and mm-hmm. singing the songs while you put up ornaments. Yeah. It's, so. fun. it's a fun family tradition for sure. Yeah. And so we've kind of incorporated both, both of our mm-hmm. family traditions into our Christmas tree yeah. gathering. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Would you like to know some fun facts about Christmas trees? Yes. Fire away. Fire away. Burn All right. down. Let's start off with how the modern Christmas tree came to be. I'm actually real curious to hear about this one. Yeah. Like, well, go ahead. So it originated in Germany where families set up a paradise tree in their homes on December 24th, uh, which is apparently the religious feast day of Adam and Eve. I'm not entirely sure. Hmm. I think that might be a Catholic thing. Yeah. I've never heard of that. Um, and they hung wafers on it, which symbolized the Eucharistic host, the Christian sign of redemption. I'm not entirely sure what that means either. I don't know if I've ever heard the word Eucharist before. I haven't either. I have a feeling this is kind of more of a Catholic thing because when I was searching, it was definitely more like Catholic rather than Protestant. Gotcha. But it originated in Germany and they would hang wafers from it. Like, like the sugary like wafers that are really... Not good for you, but really tasty or like, like what kind of wafers? Wafers. I'm pretty sure. So like. Or like communion wafers. Not communion wafers. <laughs> yeah. Kind of like, um, similar to like a waffle or like those the wafer cookies that you would get. Um, kind of similar to that. So some sort of food they would hang in their tree. Okay. Just, but they would only hang it up so on December 24th. Not for the praying mantises. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm sorry. Derailing. Derailed. <laughs> yeah, so that's kind of fascinating that yeah. it originated in Germany, which then kind of coincides. So this was actually, I didn't get a date for that. Let me find a date real quick. Yeah, because I feel like a lot of the people who say, like, oh, Christmas was a pagan holiday, and, like, you know, of course, you know, we don't know for sure. Like when Christ was born, it wasn't the 25th of December, but like, I feel like the Christmas tree is a point of discussion a lot of the time mm-hmm. for some weird symbolism, but I'm not mm. sure what it is and I'm not sure I really care. Jesus, yeah. Jesus is born and everything is He's a subject for to the that. Season. Exactly. <laughs> okay. So it happened during the middle ages. So in like 
1400s. Okay. Which, long freaking time ago. <laughs> um, and so this one says they decorated it with apples, wafers, tinsel, and gingerbread. So that's kind of where the tinsel comes from, too. Aha. Which is fascinating. So it's not just a crazy idea. Well, it is, but it's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> it's not crazy. <laughs> Um, okay, so then in 1804, think like 400 years later, okay, okay. U.S. soldiers stationed at Fort Dearborn, which is now Chicago. When was 1804? Which war was that? Revolutionary War? Mm, Revolutionary oh. War would have been the 17... No, wait, 1776 was the Declaration of Independence. Yeah. War of 1812. Oh, gosh. My. Okay, anywho, I'm not sure what war that was. But they hauled trees from surrounding woods to their barracks and at Christmas, which uh, came to be the popularity of the Christmas tree that then spread over America. So that was like early 1800s. So gotcha. a long time after the Germans started to do it. And then a, a man named Charles Minigrode. I'm so sorry. I'm pronouncing all of these wrong. <laughs> Charles Minigrode introduced the custom of decorating trees in Williamsburg, Virginia in 1842. Wow. So for like 40 years, they just had plain evergreen trees in their house. If people did it, they didn't start decorating them in the U.S. until. That's weird. It's pretty recent too in, in yeah. the grand scheme of the whole world and yeah. Christianity especially. Yeah, which is crazy. Another fun fact, for every real Christmas tree harvested, farms will plant two to three seedlings in its place to grow more trees, but it can take as much as 15 years to grow a tree of average height. Usable for a Christmas tree. Yeah. That makes sense. 15 years after you plant a seed. Well, yeah. That's like half of my life. No, that's less than. That's <laughs> more than half. more than half of my life <laughs> that you've experienced. That thus I've far. experienced thus far. <laughs> yeah, well, that's I mean, insane. I mean, humans take that long to grow. I mean, fully? Not fully, but <laughs> they take even longer to grow fully. So the fact that we have so many—you're probably the same height you are now at fifteen. No, that's a good question, actually. Yeah, that's a rabbit hole. That is a rabbit trail. Rabbit uh, trail. <laughs> no, it's a rabbit hole. We're just falling hole. deep down. Okay, Alice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's a long time for a tree. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense, though. To I mean, glad to know that they yeah. plan extras for everyone that's cut down. Yeah. Yeah, so. So all of you people freaking out about the environment. Calm yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying what we're all thinking. <laughs> There's enough trees to go around. I'm looking at probably thousands of trees right yeah, now. Our, our house is surrounded by trees. Um, Franklin Pierce, our 14th president, brought the Christmas tree tradition to the White House. So all those presidents before him had no Christmas tree in their house. Wow. Which I guess kind of makes sense if people didn't start bringing... Christmas trees into their house until 1804 because George Washington was there way before that. Yeah. Yeah. No, that totally makes sense. All right. Last fun fact. Okay. Rockefeller in New York City. Okay. They are famous for their ginormous tree, mm -hmm. which I would love to go visit someday. That would be cool. 
the tree at Rockefeller this year that they brought in mm-hmm. is 80 to 85 years old. These are real trees? Real trees. I guess I didn't they realize They bring in that. a real tree every single year. Jeez. Yeah. Okay, so that's just a fun fact <laughs> in and of itself. If you didn't know, it's a real tree every year. And it's always a different tree. Um, 80 to 85 years old. It weighs 12 tons. It's 80 feet tall and 43 feet wide. I can hear the Grinch just heavy breathing <laughs> with a match in his hand. <laughs> that is massive. That I didn't, is a massive tree. didn't realize those were real trees. And those are like full. T- Do you think, okay, there's, there's a couple things going on here. They probably got like some singled out farmer who's like contracted for life. Like, hey. Like, you grow our trees, and this is how you do it. Well, how would they do that? It takes 80 years or more. Yeah, so they've got it, like, they've got, like, the next however many years, like, those trees are already growing, unless they, because for something like that, on that grand of a scale, they don't, they wouldn't rely on chance to just go out and find a tree that fits, that could, that could be less overwhelming than last year. And then they're probably, like, master tree trimmers or something. In some hmm. way to make it look full. I don't know. I mean, it is a full... Like, you go out into a forest and you see a tree that big. It's pretty dang full. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it says a locally grown tree is heading to the Big Apple this holiday season. What? Okay. Hmm. It comes from Vestal, which I suppose is a place near New York. Sounds like a location. So it's a town in New York. But I think they just get it from the forest. Hmm. I'm pretty sure I've heard that, that they just get it from the forest. I wonder if they have it, like, reserved or something, though. Or, no, I mean, no one else I don't think so, because I was talking about the guy who gets to pick out the tree. Yeah. Maybe they just have an abundance of fantastic trees of that massive size. His name is Eric Paz. He's a head gardener for Rockefeller Center. Uh-huh. So he's just a, like a head gardener. Like, I mean, not that he's not important, but like you would think like some big CEO or like president mm-hmm. would get to pick it out. I guess. But I guess he probably has really good, good taste. Good taste. Yeah. Because <laughs> so he gets to pick out the Rockefeller Center tree every year. That's massive. Yeah. And it's real. And it's, That's yes, crazy. it is real. <laughs> so think of like the tree stand that they have to get. <laughs> they don't just replant it. <laughs> No, I, no. Okay, another fun fact. They get a bunch of like wood pieces, like two by fours and stuff. Ah, like probably bigger. Just build a big frame. Yeah, for just it. build a big frame for it. But yeah, you think they would have to, like, how do you, how do you keep something like that alive for that long of Christmas? Lots of water. Yeah. So is it just sitting in a bucket of water? <laughs> so, <laughs> plot twist the ice rink is the water pot. <laughs> <laughs> They let it melt just enough for the tree to suck it up. <laughs> no, I have no idea. Hmm. Yeah, well, so fun stuff. So there's some fun facts as there well as some uh, open cans of worms for you all to go find out for <laughs> yeah. yourself. Yeah, go do some research on your Christmas trees, y'all. <laughs> important subject, yeah, really. very important. Yeah, well, that's kind of all I had today. Yeah. Um, you want to end us with a dad joke? Is it time for the dad joke? Oh, oh so I may excited. regret asking Jeremiah to it's do a, a dad joke. It's okay. It's not stupid. 
as far All as dad jokes, jokes go. <laughs> All right. In, in the vein of Thanksgiving, which we just finished up here, April showers bring May flowers, but what do May flowers bring? Pilgrims. <laughs> Oh gosh, the Mayflower. Uh huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, that's too good. That's a. That, I was pretty. Yeah, happy no, when that's I saw that, that one. That's a good one. I yeah, li- I literally Googled like fantastic dad jokes, and that was the first one I saw. And I was like, "It's Thanksgiving." Did like, you just do that now? No, like before we started. Okay, I yeah. was like procrastination at its finest. He's talking while he's typing, finding a joke. <laughs> no, I, I got it. I was a little bit better than that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. We were at least recording by the time I had it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Well, there you go. I hope you all had a great Thanksgiving and have a wonderful holiday season with all of your Christmas trees. Mm-hmm. And a happy new year. And a happy new year. <laughs> well, thanks for listening to our episode. And if you would like to subscribe, uh, rate our podcasts, like it. I don't know all the things you can do with podcast comment. Go follow us on Instagram. Uh, we got a Instagram page now and probably a Facebook page. Sooner than someday pod. And uh, yeah. Cool. Cool. Had a lot of fun. We'll see you guys next time. See you later. For us to finally start our lives together Forever Chasing Jesus hand in hand Sooner than someday